0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we've been trying, I think, pretty successfully for the past six years to help introduce the concept to people that we are so much more than just a physical being. Uh, If you don't have your physical health, it's hard to achieve the other three, but you really are a spiritual being, you're a physical being, you're an intellectual person, and you are um, a, um, let's see, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, I just recently fractured my shoulder and I don't think I'm 100%, you know, out of the woods yet with the way my thinking is going. So let's try this again, that we are physical, spiritual, emotional, and intellectual. And um, the physical part is the part that I'm kind of chuckling about, because My particular fracture when I fell is um, on the humerus. And so it's the long bone that's in your arm right before it enters the ball and socket at your shoulder. And there were actually three breaks there and it has been just a month. And I think I'm doing overall very well. Um, But I was sharing with Karen before we started the recording that this has been a very interesting journey for me because I've never broken a bone before. And so I understand that different people have different reactions, um, but mine has initially been, you know, one of surprise. And I think what we're going to talk about today, which is the vagus nerve, I was sharing with her that this particular nerve, I think, kept me calm. That's part of what it does, is it sends a message um, to the brain you know, basically about remaining calm, cool and collected on some level. And I think a lot of people who have falls don't respond the way I did. And, you know, they're much more upset and much more not collected. And for whatever reason, I stayed very much in the present and understood, you know, that I was injured. But um, I think that vagus nerve, you know, played a, a role in all of that. So I find that kind of fascinating that we're talking about that particular topic today. And, you know, we scheduled this interview, I think about three months ago, you know, at least that long ago, I believe. So I think six, six, seven months ago. Yeah. Long time. I know that we booked out usually four and five months. So I wasn't sure how, how far ago, you know, we did this. Um, One of the things I do share with everybody is there's over 400 shows now that I've done and all of them are archived at synergyconnectionradio.com. So if you go to that site, you'll be able to look at, I don't know, there's like 26 pages, I think, of shows and you can scroll through and there's a synopsis for each one of my shows. So you can tell who the guest is and what we're talking about. And I think I'm incredibly fortunate and very blessed to have so many wonderful guests that have come into my life and have been on the show and of course karen is one of them and before we get started if you are on that website you're going to see boomer products i've been using them for over seven years coming up on eight years now and the one product that i will tell you uh, is just a godsend Um, there's a number of them that are But um, you'll see gladiator or heirloom barley. And the gladiator barley um, in today's aging of America, it's one of the things that will reverse aging. Uh, One of the things that happens is we have less and less muscle after the age of 50. And by the time you get into your 70s, you have lost about 30% of the muscle in your body, which means that when you do fall, as I did, uh, it's much easier to break things. Um, So had I not been using the barley, I probably would have been much more injured even than I was. Um, The fact that I kind of fell on that left shoulder onto a floor that was marble, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of give to the floor. And so my bone is what gave and not the floor in that particular case. But if you decide that you want to use any of those products that you might see, if in the discount when you check out, if you just type in L-U-C-Y, the company will give you 15% off. That's the agreement that I have with them. And so I do promote them because I love their products and they in turn will give you 15% discount on anything you decide you want to order. So if you just put my name in, you'll get that discount. All right. So we're going to start talking about the vagus nerve and the fact that this is a highway system for your physical and your spiritual body. They kind of work together. So think of it like um, your super highway, and um, you've got lanes of um, traffic, you know, that are moving down that highway. And so my understanding is that the vagus nerve and you know, kind of regulates, if you will, um, that physical part of yourself, uh, on a level that is subconscious and the, um, psychological part, it impacts that as well. So do I have that fairly accurate if in a simplified way?
2: Yeah, it's, um, I don't really talk a lot about the unconscious and the vagus, but uh, of course you don't believe that the vague, that the unconscious had an intelligence of its own. And, um, it certainly would be, it is a channel for spiritual experiences. So yes, everything you said would be correct. I just had to kind of play with that in my brain a little bit. (laughs) So the, the news is we have two bodies, our physical body and then a spiritual body that is held in our solar plexus. And, um, it, it, the reason we have a spiritual body
1: is to take our soul over to the other side uh, when, the when, time comes. when the time yes. comes but sometimes i think you can go to the i communicate all the time with the other side and okay. so yeah. i think you can and i don't know whether that has to do with the vagus nerve or whether that's just something altogether different but i think the, the vagus nerve connects our chakra system Mm-hmm.
2: and uh, the chakras are used um in in spiritual communication mm-hmm. um and so spirits come in the easiest way for um, a spirit to give you a message and they do it through thought is right around your your ears yes and yeah right here and so the vagus comes in at the top of your head goes around your neck mm-hmm. touches your amygdala which is fight flight or frozen and most people know fight or flight but they don't understand frozen so we'll talk a little bit about that And then it goes down uh, your spinal column into your heart and into your stomach. So it's the 10th and longest nerve you have in your body. And Darwin in 1872 called it the pneumogastric nerve. And he said that it um, connects your emotions. um, The purpose of your emotions using this nerve was to initiate connection with your heart, your stomach and your brain. So if we're in fear, we're in panic, we're in in anxiety, we have this trigger in our stomach. We just saw a cat and we've been afraid of cats for 40 years. And we tell our brain, danger, danger, there's a cat. And then our heart rate goes up. So Darwin was correct. That's what happens. And so the big news, you know, five, six, seven years ago, um, when Dr. Porges, um, Stephen Porges, came out with his book, The Polyvagal Theory. Um, he said that you could really learn to handle your your emotions by the breath. Now, what helps the vagus nerve? And this is probably what you did, I'm sure, because you're you're a calming person and you understand spiritual and physical, and your breath was probably very good. And so you take in a short breath, one, two, three, four, and then you breathe out longer if somebody really wants to calm down their vagus nerve. And I have people do that um, when they feel a panic attack come on or, you know, when they see a cat and they're afraid, but there's really nothing to be afraid of because he's not going to get to you. <laughs> that that kind Are of you thing. sure? <laughs> I know. That's right. That's what they think. And then they found out um, in uh, 1921, they discovered that stimulating the vagus nerve um, um, put off this um, process in the body. They called it vagus stuff but it's really acetylcholine, which is, um, uh, something that it's a natural tranquilizer that calms you. Mm -hmm. Um, so all of that, um, is, is, is a start of how you understand how the vagus nerve helps you physically now. So you have, um, fight, fight or flight or frozen. Okay. So right around when you get afraid, um, you know, the old thing was you're going to fight the lion or you're going to climb the tree, right? Leave. Well, if you're a little kid and say, father sexually, uh, you know, abusing you in the in the living room in the chair, um, you're few fritties. You can't go to the Joneses. You can't run away. You, there's nobody there to tell. And all of the fear goes into your cells. And that is, and then there was a story about a cat. Freud had a story where this was happening to a little four-year-old boy. And as he's afraid and why is daddy doing this to me? And you know, blah, 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 um, all the things. Where's mommy? A cat comes into the room. And so the little boy puts all this anger and hatred onto, a, onto the cat so he doesn't have to hate his father. And then he comes into your office, you know, at, at, when he's 40 and says, you have to do something because I can't remember a cat ever harming me, but I'm scared to death of them. So that's the trigger of the stomach from the unconscious that that happens and that's a frozen feeling that's and medical the medical it's released that's right and the medical profession of course doesn't talk about that they don't believe right. in that right um so and then <clears throat> and then the other part of the vegas is um how you socialize because a lot of people weren't, weren't taught how to socialize in their family um and you know and and they just stay with family members they don't know how to go outside the world so um and voice intonation really um has a lot to do with people socializing because if you or i are in a bad mood uh at the 7-eleven and we just are crabby that voice intonation we have goes to the clerk and you know she doesn't know what she did she didn't do anything mm-hmm. um but um i remember uh trimming the christmas tree with one of my grandsons and i think it was like four and um uh i it was it was two hours and i was getting tired thinking about you know grilled cheese sandwiches and he put three big um dinosaurs on one limb and i said no no don't put them there that's too many no grandma i really like it and of course my voice changed and it's too heavy and and he goes grandma this is a, a season of peace, love, and joy, and we shouldn't be arguing. And how so, old was he? Four. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But but the intonation was I was going to get angry. Yes, yes. Now, that happens to adults who who aren't really socialized very well. Right. And a lot of people that are mentally ill, they're not. Mm-hmm. So if you give them a bad look or, or just your voice isn't pleasant uh, like we can do, um, they don't they're not going to be you know open to you so that really helps in mental health to know about that too now what's important about the vagus is that it tells the brain approximately 80 percent of what happens in your body so it's this bi-directional system touches all of your organs and regulates your vital organs and um of course voice intonation again is is very important um so if you understand the vagus, as I just explained to you, you can understand how trauma really affects people mm-hmm. that they've had, you know, for a very long time. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I have a question to ask you in regard, since it, you said 80% of your organs in your body, it touches.
2: Well, no, I said 80%. Um what did I say the brain it tells the brain approximately 80 percent of what
1: happens what's happening in your body in your body but okay. it touches so somebody that has like digestive issues for instance um so the vagus nerve would be explaining what's happening on a digestive level to your body like you're holding on to things you're um angry you're uh, anxious whatever it might be so you might have digestive issues as a result right absolutely sure mm-hmm. And of course if we believe Louise hey are you familiar with her?
2: yes 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 I love her and that and that's a wonderful little book you know heal your body because it has three columns and the first one would be all your body parts. the second one is the psychological reason for your body parts and then the third one is affirmations to say. If your stomach, you know, is upsetting you. Mm -hmm. And I know one part is that stomach is dread, fear of the new. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people have a hard time digesting, you know, what, what they're afraid of happening or the unknown.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of women today, as well as men for a long time, you know, in the workforce, they were under the gun to perform, you know, that they, they always felt like, okay, my job could be taken away at any moment. Um, and that was pretty key, I mean, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, you know, the two martini lunches, uh, you know, always having to be on top um, in order to maintain and hold on to your position. So I'm sure that did quite a number to a lot of people's digestive tract.
2: It, it does. And just realizing the stress you are under like that is so important. And to breathe through it mm-hmm. makes it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you and I are having a pretty happy life and um and you fell, so in that time period, you you know, you handled yourself better and you calmed yourself down and breathing well. Um, and then, you know, after a month, you're you're back to normal, right? But if somebody stays afraid every day, and worries, you know, like some people still with COVID, they don't let the, um, you know, the package guy, they won't open the door <laughs> and they make their husband changes clothes in the garage because they're so afraid COVID's coming.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and you're living in fear like that every day. Right. Your Vegas really isn't working.
1: Right. And so, what's happening, unfortunately, is anybody who's watching the news, they're getting that message. You know, yes. be afraid because the new round of COVID is coming and we don't have any protection for it. And then there's RSV and there's, you know, pneumo, cockle pneumonia and there's this, that and the other thing. So I think people are living in perpetual fear these days. A lot of people are, right.
2: Yeah. And you just have to realize that like you're in your house, I'm in my house and right now all is well. hmm and that's what's important. So the positive affirmations that people seem to have a hard time. Well, um, but I worry about what's happening in Israel. Well, is that really going to help anybody in Israel? I mean, right. really? Right. So if you, if you want to send money, if you want to send food, whatever you want to do, do what you have to do. But know that right now in your home, all is well, or if you're in my office, all is well. We're not being threatened here.
1: Right. And then well, we
2: learn how to breathe
1: yeah one of the things that um, I talk about quite a bit, and I think it fits what you just said is it, we as individuals, even if we were able to send a billion dollars, you know over to a cause, um, once that money is used up, you know, then what's next? You know, you have to send more uh, in order to maintain whatever it is that you're trying to maintain. But if we are indeed vibrational frequencies, which I believe we are, then sending a frequency of love and hope and support and all kinds of positive emotions, you get that ripple effect. And so instead of sending something that's concrete, that's going to be used up, I mean, it may be useful in terms of food or money for whatever it might be purchasing, you can send so much more by sending love and peace and harmony kinds of thoughts um, over to anybody or any situation. Is that fairly accurate from what you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. In fact, in the nineties, there was a group of meditators they had um, in Washington, DC. They had, you know, very heavy crime at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, so this group of meditators, I'm not sure how many people, at least 25, I think, went there and they stayed there for a month and they meditated. All the things that you said—peace, love, harmony—and the crime rate went, went down in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And i i think why isn't that on the news? <laughs> so that we could get we could get groups and we could do
1: that, right? Because people would do that. Yes, I think they would, and and I think there are certain churches that have those kinds of groups that meet. Um, but you can do it from your bedroom. You can do it, you know, on your back porch. Um, you can hug a tree and, and do that. So I, I do believe that we're missing the boat here because of what the media tells us to do. And then, you know, you, you don't really get into the answers because the answers lie within. It's not an external situation that you're going to change. You have to change the internal thinking and vibrational frequency. That is the part that has to change true and we all are energy Uh energy and vibration um
2: and you know many people like you you were just talking about how well you did with you know with the shoulder and that's true there was a Pavlov study with um you know the dog that salivated and all that Mm -hmm, well he did he did more studies and he had um dogs in cages and stuff and there was a flood and uh then the dogs were almost drowned and so they had to come in and clean everything up and some of those dogs, you know, a few, like I think two to four, um didn't really come back. Mm. you know they um they just they they get, um their trainers let them uh, have a um a, a jacket they could sleep with at night. They did all this stuff to try to make them realize that it was calm now. Most of the dogs came back from that trauma, mm-hmm. but and people are the same, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but if we if we do realize that energy is so important, vibration and frequency very important, and and that's what prayer is. I mean, Harvard in the '90s said prayer works, and I thought, yeah, well, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't need Harvard to tell us that. Um, but your vagus nerve is very important. Humming, singing, um, uh, if you if you walk, I always had people that are depressed to walk in the morning and listen to music. -hmm. Because music is really great, and some of them listen to music of their grandparents. Because as kids, that's what they heard, and it really helps them um, to walk with that. And 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 then uh, breathing um, with the music, Um, singing, um, any kind of exercise, of course, yoga, reiki, um, Mm -hmm. dancing is a great thing. And then therapy, of course, they need therapy to really help um, break down, you know, the old patterns that
1: they were taught. You know, um, many years ago now, probably about 32 years ago, actually 33 years ago, I was in um, uh, Bad Reichenhall in, in Germany, which is right next to where Salzburg is. Okay. And so we couldn't stay in Salzburg when I was there. We, we stayed in Bad Reichenhall. And that was where Hitler would take his men uh, for R&R, his, his um, elite group. And they stayed actually in the same hotel that uh, we stayed in, which was kind of eerie. But right across from that hotel, there was like a long walkway that had um, uh, like vines that were menthol vines. So he had his men walking for at least a half an hour doing deep breathing with those vines. And I think it was to reduce their stress. It was also healthy but he knew that they were under a tremendous amount of stress. And so he found that walking and breathing was a way to reduce stress, which is kind of ironic when you think of how much stress he brought on the whole world, but he understood some of those principles. Yes.
2: Yes. I love those stories. When we travel that
1: things you learn about that you wouldn't ordinarily know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very much so. So, um, if your vagus nerve is not functioning the way you need it to function, um, is there anything with diet, you know, um, besides just, and I, I know um, emotional freedom technique, you know, tapping, I think does great. work to help calm the vagus nerve down too. Yeah. Is there any dietary changes? Cause I never really heard anything about that. Like there's certain foods they don't talk about that.
2: And I've, I've never heard anything like that other than, you know, your usual Mediterranean diet, lots of salad and salmon and that kind of stuff. But no, they don't have a particular diet for it.
1: Hmm. Okay. And I was wondering too, like with, um, you you are familiar with resveratrol and uh, that is something that comes from wine, uh, comes from grapes. Yep. But I, I'm also wondering too, if if something like that does not benefit you know, because it's a weight for cardiovascular health. And so if the nerves uh, from the vagus system and the physiological are kind of combined here, that there would be a benefit from that too.
2: Yeah, it might be. Um, the only thing that they have done that I know about is they, they actually have something like a uh, pacemaker hmm. um, that you can put in your neck or they put in the neck and it activates the vagus nerve more. How does it do that? I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I could give you the name of the company. I think they're in New Jersey, as a matter of fact. Um, And uh, they were doing that um, to help people sleep, I think. Um, But that kind of thing that they're trying to, um, you know, make people more aware of the Vegas. Now, if you faint, the Vegas has just given up. Yeah. And, And, you know, I only fainted once when I was a teenager. And when I woke up, I felt wonderful. So I don't know if I left my body because it just felt so, wow, I had a nice rest, you know? (laughs) Uh And I don't know if people, um, but it's like the vagus just stops
1: because you needed that for some reason. So now I know we're going to do a part two with this particular program. But when you think about the vagus nerve, Kind of helping you move over to the spiritual side, to you know, the afterlife side. Um, can you give us just a hint as to how that actually works? Um, I wish we had a picture. I'm going to try to send you a
2: picture for part two. Um, because, um, I have the whole Vegas and then the chakra system, and, um, for instance. Uh, i know oprah had on her show one time she asked uh, the spiritual guide um how come i get such good ideas in the shower Hmm. and he says i don't know and she says well people say that um it's water hitting my neck and i'm thinking yeah it hits the vagus nerve right there and um so so if you think about the vagus comes in goes around your neck Right in here is the easiest way for your guardian angel, your intuition, spiritual guides to come in and give you thoughts. Mm -hmm. And mediums say that they get it either on either side and some of them say they get it their third eye. Mm -hmm. So it is always had something to do with the vagus getting spiritual uh, messages. And, And so a mediumship is very important with. That they use that vagus nerve. In fact, I read an article uh, just recently that talked about, you know, some mediums have written uh, like um, Einstein or, you know, some um, Ulysses Grant or whatever, and they say that what's happening is that spirit is actually coming through the the um, the arm of the medium. So it isn't that the medium's writing it. That's called automatic writing. But the spirit comes
1: through and they write.
2: And, and uh, if
1: the handwriting is altogether different too, than what the nor- normal person would write, you know, if, if the spirit is entering the arm, that maybe the way the letters are made and things like that would be a little bit different.
2: It could be, but they, they just swear. It's the the person, you know, that's actually writing it. But the, what's important to know is that um, we have people that have gone over to the other side and near death experiences or out of body experiences mm-hmm. and they come back in. Mm-hmm. So that if your um, your soul or your spiritual body is in your solar plexus, um, s- something happens. And I can, exp- I can read this to you because I have it written down uh, so that I get it right. So around the ears, there's a whirring kind of noise that they hear. And it sends out an impulse to change rotation of the body. And then vibration is now getting stronger from the vagus. And um, remember that if something um, vibrates, it gets bigger, right? Mm-hmm. and activates the sacrum through the vagus in the middle of our sympathetic, parasympathetic section of the nervous system as chemicals are being released. And this energy brings that spiritual body right up the vagus as it's the tunnel that they talk about in near death. They, there's nothing you could see. There's no windows. So you come right up the vagus and you go right up the top of the head, the top chakra. The energy pierces the center of the skull where the mandula oblongata and the pineal gland open The top chakra and people say they hear a clicking sound Hmm. when when they come out Um, and um, then then they leave their body and they expand their consciousness and the vagus um, nerve the silver cord is connected to the vagus nerve and then you're out there and the silver cord actually pumps oxygen from the body into
1: the spiritual body wow and then for people that are coming back, you know, that obviously don't die, and they come back into their bodies, I wonder if there is another click, you know, as they come back in. I don't know. I haven't
2: read that so much. But they say that when you come back in, it's like coming into a sausage casing.
1: Like you don't fit anymore? <laughs> <laughs> You're all squeezed into it, huh? You're all squeezed yeah. into it. Yeah, that and. Makes sense. And if anybody
2: wants to know about a near-death, um, there's um, Surviving Death on Netflix. It's, a, it's five one-hour shows. Wow. And, and it talks about a lot about mediumship, and, um, but the first one-hour show is on near-death experience, and they're all PhDs so who've had these near-deaths. Now, more people than PhDs have them, but these are who they um, have in this one hour, and if you wanna watch that, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I've been to conferences where near with near deaf people that have gone over and seen the light and come back. They're the happiest people you, you wanna meet because they're not afraid of death anymore.
1: Exactly, exactly. There was a gal, I, I don't know that you would know the name, but um, remember who Patch Adams is or was? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know whether he's still alive, but I had gone to a conference in St. Paul, uh, Minnesota Years ago now, and he was one of the people there. And um, I, I don't know. I had just seen the movie with Robin Williams, so I kind of thought in my mind that Patch Adams in real life would look a little more like Robin Williams. He didn't look anything like Robin Williams, and he had a very thick gray braid that he could sit on. His hair was wow. that long. And one of the presenters was a gal by the name of Suki Miller, and I have her book. And her workshop was so amazing because we had a piece of electrical tape down the center of our particular conference room. And she turned on music and all of us were to move from the left side to the right side. And she said, the left side is the living and the right side are those who are deceased and to move and feel the energy from one side to the other. And when the music stopped, we were to choose. Whether we wanted to stay alive or deceased. Oh. And so I scrambled back to alive uh, because I was very much engaged in it, you know, what we were doing. But I bet you half of the room stayed over in deceased, oh. which just absolutely amazed me. And then we had an exercise where those who were deceased came and visited us that were alive. And we had a uh, like a project or a problem that we were trying to solve. So there was maybe like six groups that, yeah. of, of us that were all alive. And then those that were deceased would flutter around and try and give us insight or, you know, give us maybe some information that would be helpful. So it was just a fascinating exercise that we did. And I've never forgotten her or her book. I mean, it it really made sense to me that this is what happens and a lot of the people who were deceased or just you know chose to be deceased they just said that they'd had enough life you know that um they were ready to go on and explore other spiritual avenues and that life it wasn't that it was bad they just had enough of it Uh, yeah well i think that's how people feel you know when they're ready to go over to the
2: other side Mm -hmm. so before i go i just want to talk about um, that there's three metaphysical worlds around us. And the first one is the sensory world that has a past, present, and future. And that you and I are, are in the sensory world today, getting on uh, Zoom and everything. And then there's a clairvoyant world um, where something usually happens to only one person. So maybe they see their deceased mom in their bedroom or they leave their body and see the light. And, um, and um, that is the world of mediumship. Mediums are clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. And they can see other vibrational levels that we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if somebody comes, if a spirit is coming into you or around your area to talk to you, your, your deceased loved one, you will feel a chill. And that's important because they're coming from a higher vibration. It's colder. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get a chill factor where they say that the spirit just touches your aura. Mm hmm. Um, but in the clairvoyant world, um, you're in the now, there's no past, present, or future. A lot of people that have near death say when they go up there, it's just all now, which is a wonderful feeling apparently, because you're just there and you, you can have that in meditation or on the beach or, you know, any other kind of spiritual experience that you, you've had also. And then there's a third vibrational level, which is the transpsychic world. And I believe that, that they talk about that's where miracles happen. Mm-hmm. And there's many doctors that have talked about, you know, that they've seen miracles. Um, so if you think about that, that there's three different swirling energy vortexes and that we could go in and out of them and we can have these types of spiritual experience where maybe we we see that we had a past life or um, we see an angel or we hear a voice and many people hear their name called. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're crazy at all mm-hmm. um, because they're just um t- uh, trying to reach you they want to help and i think they want uh to do more than we allow so i always think if i get if i get thoughts and uh, maybe i get three thoughts to do this this in the same thing i think that's not my thought but if i get it three times i'll try it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, my um my take on it and carl Jung when he was doing a uh, writing um his red book and having all these dreams Uh, he said he met this um, Philemon was his mythological guru and he came to him in dreams and he was a man but he had Kingfisher wings and Philemon talked to Jung and said that uh, you know you're so arrogant you think that every thought in your head is yours Mm -hmm. and it's not
1: Mm -hmm. that's really interesting
2: And I think more people need to know that, that you can have thoughts that aren't yours.
1: Right, right. And, you know, usually I think if it's that kind of a thought, it's to help guide you or maybe help introduce you to some new ideas. And um, so being open to them is is really very um, a positive thing and probably very critical for our well-being in general. Yes. Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. You're going to be back in April. We'll do part two of the Vegas Nerve and understanding more of how it brings us a different quality or understanding of life, maybe. Um, yes. And, I hope so. Um, in the meantime, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas thank and you, the happiest you of New Year's. Um, and you're. Um, All your information as far as how people can reach out to you and contact you will be in the synopsis on uh, the different platforms, whether they listen on Spotify or Apple or iHeartRadio or or Google. So all of it will be there. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And you go out there and enjoy the holidays. And everybody who's listening to the show, please make this your best life and share this story and other stories with your family and friends. And again, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.